Now, after Jesus' death and resurrection, Peter and Jesus meet up and have a conversation. And ultimately, Peter is restored in relationship with Jesus. Then as you read on, you see in the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit descends on the day of Pentecost, Peter is the one who steps out and preaches to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And he sees 3,000 people come to know Christ. We call it the birthday of the church. But Peter was the preacher that day. Now, as the church spread, this was a new religion. And so they faced persecution on multiple levels across the Roman world. And so when Peter is writing this letter, he is writing to persecuted Christians across the Roman world in Asia Minor. And so if you read the book of 1 Peter, you see again and again that he's telling people, stay strong under pressure, under suffering. Don't compromise. Don't give up. Don't quit. And so it's the sense of encouragement that no matter what's happening in your life, don't give up. And oftentimes we can maybe even look in culture or other things and feel like, man, I just have all this pressure. Like I'm just trying to hold on with Jesus. But Peter doesn't stop there. He doesn't say just hold on. He says in the midst of this, I want you to actually use all the talent that God has given you for his glory. And that's where we end up in 1 Peter 4 verses 10 and 11. So read with me. Uh, Verses 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So right away... We see Peter saying, God has given you spiritual gifts. And we're going to come back to that in a moment, but I want to expand this out a little bit more because I believe God has given you more than spiritual gifts. He has given you multiple different talents on, I believe, three different levels. And the first source of your talents is natural talents, that God has born into you abilities from your birth that just naturally come to you. There are some of you that are incredibly coordinated and athletic. You have eye-hand coordination that is amazing. You know, from little on, if you want to kick a ball, swing a bat, jump in a swimming pool or whatever, you had coordination and this natural ability to be athletic. Others of you walking down stairs is a challenge without falling down. But you might have creative abilities That you look at a blank canvas, whether or not that blank canvas is a piece of clay or a picture or a room or something else, and you just see creativity and how you can put your own personal mark and make things beautiful in that way. Maybe you were a kid who naturally like gravitated towards Legos and built things and, you know, engineering was your thing. You didn't need the instructions. You built bridges and whatever else just from a pile of Legos. Or maybe you're a people person. Just naturally, when you meet people, you connect with them, and it just overflows in your life that people like you, you like people, it's just naturally who you are. And for many of us, we don't even identify what we're naturally good at because it's so normal to us. We think it's normal that everyone is good at sports. We think it's normal that everyone is creative. We think it's normal that people love engineering. 
We think it's normal that everybody organizes every single drawer in their house and whatever else. And those are natural talents that God has inborn into us from even the beginning of our lives. We also have, and when I look at this, I have four children. And when I look at my four children, I see they're all vastly different. One is very athletic and that just comes naturally to him. Another one is very creative and she just naturally flows in that way. Another one loves math. Another one loves English and it's just starkly different. Another one's more detail-orientated. Another one loves people. And I just see even in them as young children the differences in their personalities and how that's playing out even at a young age. Now the second category that I see are developed talents. That there are experiences that you have had that have developed you in certain ways. You weren't born with these things, but circumstances in your life have caused you to develop these things. Now, natural talents and developed talents go together. Just because you're naturally good at something does not mean that you don't have to continue to develop it. And just because you're horrible at something doesn't mean that you shouldn't develop to a degree of competency so it doesn't hold you back in life. I don't personally enjoy administration. Like if I had never one more bit of administration in my life, I'd be happy with that. I love people who are administrative and when I meet them, I love that they're much better than them than me at it, and I encourage them in that. Um, But for me, I have just been able to become proficient enough so I don't get myself in trouble or a bind with administration. But if I never had to do that again, praise Jesus. And praise Jesus for those who love those type of things. But if you've been employed, if you've gone to school, if you've had children... In any one of these things, you've been forced to develop certain things that you're not naturally good at. Now, one of us has a job that we love every single little bit and part about it. Now, one of us in here enjoyed every little single bit and part of school, I don't think. But we've been forced to develop certain things, certain talents, so that we could be proficient at what we do. About 11 years ago, I was forced to develop a certain talent. When I began to have children, I was forced to develop diaper changing skills. Before that, I avoided diaper changing at all costs. I didn't care who wanted me to change whatever diaper, I was avoiding that and getting out of it. So I don't think I changed a diaper before I had children. And once I had children, it was a necessary thing that I had to learn how to do. Now, if you ask me to change a diaper, I could do it in probably under 20 seconds. You know, I am highly trained and skilled at diaper changing. My wife has done much more diaper changing than I have done. I don't take credit for the majority of it, but I am skilled and trained, but it is not a natural ability. And it is something that once my last child takes off that last diaper, I am never doing again. I don't care if I have grandkids, they will walk around with soiled pants until somebody else figures it out for them. Because I am done with diaper changing. But for me, it's something that I had to develop. I had to become proficient at. I wasn't naturally good at it, but I learned how to do it. And now I'm very good at it, but it is coming to an end. And there's all these things that we have that develop talents in our life. And the third area is spiritual talent, or as scripture calls them, spiritual gifts. And we clearly read in scripture that when somebody gives their life to Christ, 
The Holy Spirit infuses us with these talents, these abilities in a supernatural way to help God further his kingdom. That is God giving us those things. Now there's many different discussions about spiritual gifts versus natural talents versus developed talents that I've had and probably you've probably had on multiple ways. And, and sometimes we can get caught up in trying to figure out which one is which. But I think the bigger question is, how are you allowing God to use all of your life for his purposes? How are you using God? How is God using your natural talents, your developed talents, your spiritual talents? How is he using all of those things for his purposes? Many of us have taken gift tests, personality tests, temperament surveys, and much of those things end up on a shelf somewhere where you go, huh, that was very interesting, but it actually doesn't change any of our behaviors or any of what we're doing. We simply have more knowledge, more understanding, but it doesn't force us to act on these things. It'd be great if all the knowledge that we knew, we actually lived it out. (laughs) Because all of us would be really healthy, physically fit, balanced budgets, incredible parents. But the reality is many things that we see and know we should do, we don't do. And so discovering your gifts is good, but we need to act on that. When I was in Korea, I visited many 7-Elevens as I traveled through Seoul. And I noticed that uh, when you go to buy cigarettes, I wasn't personally buying cigarettes, just to clear that up. Um, but when somebody goes to buy cigarettes, in Korea, on the front of the cigarette pack, there's a graphic photo of somebody who's developed a disease from smoking. So when you buy a pack of cigarettes, before you can light up that first cigarette, you got to take out that pack, look at somebody who has destroyed their life from smoking, flip it open, take out a cigarette and light it up. If knowledge always changed our behavior, there would not be one smoker in Korea. But often, we know things, but it doesn't change how we live. So it's great to know your talents, to know what God has infused into you, but you need to act upon those things. You need to make movement to actually use these talents that God has given you. So we have these three things that are constantly at play in our lives, in all avenues of our life. We have our natural talents, we have our developed talents, and we have our spiritual talents. So what do we do with them? Well, let's revisit the verses that we just uh, referenced before. And and right around verse 2, Peter says, Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Our talents are meant to be used to serve one another. If we read in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians and Romans, we are told that God gives us these talents to build up the body of Christ. That the body of Christ is the church. It is the people of God. It's not a building. It is people of God living out the purposes of God. And we need to take these talents that God has given us and use it to build up the body of Christ, to serve one another, and to see us all become healthy and growing and full of love. 
is not just simply meant to build a kingdom for ourselves. It's meant to build something for God and his purposes. You might be saying, well, Mark, that's great, but I haven't been trained how to use my talents for God. Don't let training or lack of hold you back. Peter states here, do you have the gift of speaking? He does not say, have you been trained to speak? He says, hey, if you have a gift, use it. And speak as though God is speaking through you. Do you have a gift of serving? He doesn't say, have you been trained how to serve? And do you know every nuance of serving? And once you have been trained incredibly, now serve. He says, no, 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 no. If you have this talent, if you have this gift, just serve with the ability that God has given you. In other words, God has given you talent and use it with God's supernatural strength. Yes, training is important, but we can't think about that as the end all. I remember the first time I was invited to speak in front of a group. It was in a youth ministry. I was 21 years old. And somebody invited me to share my life story in front of the youth ministry, but I was given the whole time, 30 to 40 minutes to share. And I, and I was thinking in my mind, how am I going to fill 30 and, or, to 40 minutes with content? Well, I've had a pretty interesting life. And, and I got up, I didn't have any notes, I wasn't prepared, I didn't have all the skill and knowledge, nobody coached me in advance, but basically I was given the opportunity and for the next 30 to 40 minutes, I watched God captivate that audience and I watched God's supernatural abilities through me be used. It wasn't because I had all the skills and talents, it was God speaking through me. And from there, people identified that I had a gift to communicate. And I was given many other opportunities. And then I moved to England. I was given opportunities in England to speak on multiple different levels. And when I came back to the U.S., I took over a youth ministry and I'd speak on a weekly basis and at other times speak on Sunday mornings. But God took something that was just raw that he had put into me and gave me an opportunity and I just said yes. And he developed that in me. And here's the reality. It doesn't matter how gifted and talented you are if you don't make yourself available. I could have said no to that opportunity. I could have said, I need more training. I need more skill. I need more that. But I didn't know how to say no at that time. I was just like, okay, I guess this is the next step that God has for me. And I stepped out and I made myself available. And God met me and I believe those people in a supernatural way. I'm afraid that there's going to be many of us that God has infused infused supernatural abilities in that we never use them and we go to the grave with them dormant. I'm afraid that there's many churches that are not living out their kingdom potential because people who consider that church their home don't take their gifts and abilities and use them for the glory of God. This isn't meant to be guilt in any way, but simply meant to say, make yourself available. Make yourself available to how God would want to use your life. I've I've met incredibly gifted people who had no availability. And I've met very ungifted people who made themselves available and God used in supernatural ways. And I've met the whole realm within there. 
It's not how incredibly skilled you are. It's about making yourself available with what God has already infused into your life and living that out. And the church is not meant to be a group of people that are confident in their own talent, but we're meant to be a group of people who are dependent on the power of God in our lives. It's also disturbing at times that often the answer to the question in the church is more training. That if somehow we get more knowledge and we do more classes and we have more training, somehow that will supernaturally allow God to work in more ways in our church. If that was true, the American church should be functioning supernaturally on incredible levels. All you have to do is go to YouTube or Right Now Media or whatever source and see that we have so much good content. We could sit in classes for the next thousand years. But do we see the supernatural work of God in our lives and through our lives? Because it's not just about talent, it's about God working supernaturally in our lives. When was the last time that you saw God working supernaturally in your life? Now, I'm not talking huge miracles, and that's a great thing. But I would say for the majority of us, we are not seeing these incredibly massive, miraculous things in our life on a daily basis. But I'm talking about even in the little things. Are you seeing God working in supernatural ways? in relationships, in work situations, that as you use your talent to serve God, that he breaks through and does things that can only be credited to him? While in Korea, Nami and I had multiple opportunities to share with Nami's family about Jesus. By simply showing up and having a social media presence, because even over there, they're tracking that, we're talking about Jesus on social media. They, they know I'm a pastor. And they know that we're followers of Jesus. And we are unashamed about that. But Nami, one day, we're driving with her mom. And they're having this discussion in Korea, Korean. Um, and it turns towards Jesus. And in the midst of this discussion, no pressure. We aren't trying to convert anybody. We aren't trying to make anything happen. All we've done is made ourselves available and prayed that God would use us in her family's life in whatever way he wants. And driving through this road in the countryside of Korea, Nami has an opportunity to share Christ with her mom, and she gives her life to Christ. Amen? Amen? And so this morning, we, we get to light another lantern. Yeah. And, and that's not me, you know? And that's not me. And we have to sit here and celebrate what God is doing. But we as a family, Nami and I said, we need to make ourselves available. We need to make whatever sacrifices to be present with her family. And we watch God show up in supernatural ways, not because we're so gifted. I can't even speak Korean decent. I can get myself in trouble in Korean But God showed up by simply manifesting his power, not our incredible talents. And God is wanting to bring people to know him. God is wanting your families to know him, your coworkers, your friends. And if we're simply willing to show up and be available and see the power of God in our lives, I believe we're going to see some supernatural things. 
Well, Peter ends this whole thing about talents, natural talents, developed talents, spiritual talents, and says this is ultimately not about you. It's not about you, and so much of life we can make about ourselves. But he ends by saying these words. Then everything you do, not just exercising your talents, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Everything we do will bring glory to God. Oftentimes we sing about glory, we talk about glory, we throw around the word glory, but do you know what that word glory means? That word glory means to make something bigger. And there's no way that we can make God bigger than he already is. He is as big as he can be, but we can make him look bigger in our lives, in how we live. We can either make God look smaller in our lives, or we can make God look bigger. And Peter says our whole lives are to make God look bigger. And if we're honest with ourselves, we want a piece of that pie. We want to be in the center of our lives. We want to make ourselves look bigger. We want to look good to those around us. And oftentimes, us trying to make ourselves look good, we make Jesus look smaller instead of bigger. But if we allow God to work supernaturally in our lives, naturally we will become smaller and he will look bigger in our lives. It's interesting to think that there's nothing that can make God bigger, but we individually and collectively can make him look bigger in our lives. What would it look like in your life to make God look bigger in your family? What would it look like to take your talents and abilities and make God bigger at your workplace? What would it look like in your friendships, in your relationships, in the church, wherever, to make God bigger by taking all that God has infused into you and using it for his glory? What if one day when you arrive in front of Jesus, because all of us are going to arrive there someday, he looks at you and says, with the place I positioned you in, with the talents I gave you, you made me look bigger. You made me look bigger at your job. You made me look bigger in your family, in your relationships. You made me look bigger in your grocery store, in your neighborhood. You just made me look bigger. Isn't that what all of us want? To live for something beyond ourselves? Beyond our own existence? Beyond our own name? That one day people proclaim the name of Jesus instead of proclaiming our name? God has given you incredible talents, natural, developed, and supernatural. And they're meant to make him look bigger. So where do we go from here? Let me just give you a few things. First, know you are talented. Don't get into the comparison trap. You don't need to be like somebody else. God has infused into each one of us unique talents and abilities. And you're not meant to be somebody else. So recognize that God has given you you unique talents, unique experiences, and unique abilities for his purposes. Next, 
Say yes to kingdom opportunities. There's some of you in here right now that say yes to everything and I'm not talking to you right now. You need to learn how to say no. But for other people, you're incredibly good at saying no to everything. And especially kingdom opportunities. It's like no, 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 no. And for, if you're in that realm, you have to learn how to say yes. And step out and see what God is going to do with you with kingdom opportunities. When somebody comes along with an opportunity, just say yes. And I'm not talking about opportunities for business. I'm talking about kingdom opportunities. That they're God-centered and they aren't about you and they aren't about furthering career. They aren't about furthering your name. They're about the kingdom of God. Learn to say yes. And third, daily pray for power and take risks for God. Because when you say yes, you're going to now have to take some risks. Maybe God is going to position you in some place that you've never had that experience before and you don't have the skill set and now you need the power of God to be able to do the purposes of God. The older we get, the less risk tolerance it seems that we have. And we need to kind of digress to being like teenagers and other people who are just like, yeah, let's go for it. And take some risk for God and see his power manifest in your life. And I believe if you've prayed daily for the power of God and that he would help you to take risks for him, God is going to begin to show up in unique ways in your life. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to watch God make himself look bigger in your life. Because you're going to be sitting here in your life saying, God, I want to use my talents for you. I want to step out and have these kingdom opportunities and say yes to them. I'm going to pray for power and I'm going to take risks. And ultimately, God is going to say, okay, I'm going to answer some prayers like that. And I'm going to start my, to make myself look bigger in your life. And it's a scriptural principle. There's a gentleman named John the Baptist in scripture who he was sent to prepare the way for Jesus. And that was his purpose. And so when Jesus arrived on the scene, John the Baptist needed to fade out of the picture. And John says this statement with Jesus' arrival as John's disciples kind of have this tension of like, Jesus is taking people away from you, John. And John simply said, I need to become less and he needs to become greater. And that is the same for all of us. That if we want Jesus to be bigger in our lives, we need to become less to make him bigger. When I was in Korea, uh, we were out on Nami's mother's farm. She has an orchard, raises these peaches that are like the size of softballs. They're incredible. I have the Korean word for peach memorized because I looked at it so many times and said it so many times over the last couple of weeks. It's boksunga. But anyways, um, while I'm serving and just helping out, like her brother and sister were there to help, and I'm like, I'll come out and help. Whatever I can do, I'll figure out farming. I've never farmed peaches before. And so I just jumped in and helped in whatever ways. And then afterwards, after a couple days, one of her family members said to Nami, it's like Jesus showed up here. And I just kind of was like, whoa, you know, Jesus is here, Mark's like here. But, but in her family's mind, me simply showing up and being willing to serve and jump in showed that Jesus was bigger than me. That's not why I was doing it. You know, I said, I'm here to serve. 
And yeah, I was hoping they'd recognize Jesus. But for them to come back and say, we identified Jesus in your life because you simply jumped in and helped is incredible. And that is something that only supernaturally God was doing in their lives. And I believe if we're willing to step out, to allow God to take the talent that is natural, developed, and supernatural, and use it for his glory, God is going to become bigger in our lives, in our neighborhood, in our families, in our churches. And ultimately, people are going to be talking about who Jesus is, and not about who we are. Let's pray.